and welcome to New Restoration Outreach Christian Center. Thank you for joining us for another Sunday service. We're expecting God to continuously do a wonderful move in here today. And we also want to wish every male as well as female who has to be a father, happy Father's Day to you all. And we pray that God richly bless you and encourage you. And thank you so much for joining us. Let's get straight into the message, all right? But before we get into the word, let's go into prayer. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come together to uh, hear your word and to learn your word. God, enrich our hearts and minds so that when we leave this place, we will never be the same. You are so gracious, you're so awesome, you're so wonderful that you let us live to see another day in which we've never seen before. God, bless your name. Have your holy way. Everyone that's viewing us by way of internet, God bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. Send forth your Holy Spirit through the wavelengths and encourage them like never before. We pull down every wicked imagination, every stronghold that the enemy is trying to bring forth. And God, you get the glory and we'll praise you forever in Jesus name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let's get straight into the word. We have a wonderful word this morning. I'm excited about this word. It is how to balance life, how to balance life. We want to learn what it takes to balance this life. What does the Bible say concerning balancing life? And we're going to find out in scripture. Let's start off in Genesis, the second chapter, Genesis, the second chapter, verse two. We're going to look at that Genesis, the second chapter, verse two and three. And then we're going to run to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31 through 34. Now, I'm pretty sure knowing me, I'm going to jump from scripture to scripture. So let's get started. All right. So we want to find out and learn that life has a way of bringing so many obstacles. And right now we all are in an obstacle. We're in the dilemma with leadership. We're in a dilemma with uh, racism, with this virus broken homes, sicknesses in our bodies, finances. There's so much going on right now that can bring worry. And we as children of God, God don't want us to worry because we belong to him. And when we belong to God, guess what? Everything belongs to him. He's in control. He owns everything. He know how to operate everything. God ain't sitting in heaven scratching his head. God ain't sitting in heaven trying to figure out what's going on. God ain't worrying about the pandemic. God ain't worrying about bad leadership. God ain't worrying about racism. God ain't worrying about none of that stuff. He's in control. He's cool because he already know what the outcome going to be. And guess what? This is what he told us. He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. What are you saying? In other words, as things go bad, it's okay because the greater one who ain't worrying the greater one who don't have any care, the greater one who ain't going through no pandemic, the greater one who ain't got no financial situation, the greater one who ain't got no pain in his body is living on the inside of us. And so now if all of that is living inside of us, we shouldn't be walking around in worry. We shouldn't be walking around fearful. Why? Because God lives on the inside of us and God ain't worrying about nothing. God ain't got no fear. God ain't got no pain. He is God. He's in control. And he said in his word, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost will come and make our boat on the inside of you. In other words, God live in me. So if God live in me, I'm cool too. I'm calm too. I ain't got no worries either. I'm going to be balanced. 
Life has a way of making us feel so messed up, so out of pocket, so out of control that we feel like we're losing our minds. And that's nothing but a trick of the enemy and the world that's trying to make us so distracted, so tired, so frustrated that sometimes we don't want to be bothered. We don't want nobody around us. And that's not the will of God for you to walk around in life to be so frustrated. And the problem is with us Christians, if we're frustrated, we're tired, we're, we're, we got so much going on, it's because we're allowing too much to enter into our brain. And we are treating our brain like a puzzle. We don't know how to put stuff in the right place. We keep trying to look at life, and life is overwhelming us. You got children, you got family, you got finances, you got doctors, your health, you got the job, you got your neighborhood, you got your car, you got the president, you got the police, you got the racism, you got finances, you got a pandemic. All this going on, and it's like a puzzle in our head. And we're getting frustrated, we're getting tired. But watch this. Some of the things that we're frustrated and tired about is what we're putting in our head. We are allowing stuff in our head. You don't want to keep looking at CNN every five seconds. You don't want to keep looking at the news every five seconds. When are you going to look at the good news? You've got to get past this world frustrating you and tiring you out. And many of you are sitting home worried because of this pandemic. This is a time to rest. You are able to still hear the word, still enjoy the service, even though we can't come together physically, but we still socially can enjoy the word of God. So quit allowing this world to make your life miserable. In other words, quit allowing people and things to make your life miserable. You need to tell yourself enough is enough. I'm going to put a stop to all this worrying. And I'm going to show you what, the, what worry means. Watch this. Worry is a, is a powerful word. Worry means to divide. Worry means to distract. Worry means to be anxious. Worry also means to draw a different uh, direction. The things that's going on inside our head, the things that's going on in the world, we allow it in, into our head, into our hearts, and it's causing us to have a different direction. You got to understand something. When you become born again, when you become a child of God, the world, the devil, and yourself are bringing so many distractions. It's trying to divide your mind. And, and what they would do is they'll use the very thing that's close to you. You can't sleep at night because you're worrying about your children. Can't sleep at night because you're worrying about your health. You know, I got to go in and have an MRI uh, next Tuesday. I saw my doctor Thursday. He said, well, we want to do an MRI. I said, man, I got scared. I said, when you want to do it, doc? He said, next Tuesday. Man, I, my butterflies in my stomach, I got scared because I can't stand MRIs. Why? Because it feels like I'm in a casket. And on top of that, you want me to put on a mask at, uh, on top of that. So I don't even want to be in, a, in, in, in that MR machine. But watch this. I was nervous. I was worried. I was upset on Thursday. I was scared. I was sweating on Thursday. I was getting mad. I said I don't want to do it on Thursday. Now watch this. The doctor said the MRI is next Tuesday. But I'm all upset on Thursday. I'm frustrated on Thursday. Take no thought in tomorrow, because tomorrow ain't promised to you. See, that's what the devil want to do. He want to divide you up and make you frustrated today so that you don't believe God's word about tomorrow. God already promised us he's going to bless us. God already promised us he's going to increase us. God already promised us he's going to give us overflow. Why are we allowing today's circumstances to frustrate our future? 
The devil is trying to divide our minds. The devil is trying to get you so frustrated with life. He's making you think that you're overwhelmed. And you are overwhelmed because you are allowing too much to enter into your brain. And so we're going to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about uh, uh, life and how to treat life. One thing I know about life is this. God knows how to put things in order. The problem is, us humans, we don't know how to put things in order. And when we try to put things in order, it causes us to be anxious because it ain't happening fast enough. It causes us to be divided in our minds. It causes us to be worrying because we want it now. We want it now. And we don't understand in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God brought Jesus at the right time. Now, I, I like that. God brought Jesus at the right time. We want everything microwave when God brought Jesus through an oven. In the right time, Jesus came forth. He didn't come forth when man was looking for him and wanted him to come forth. He came forth when God wanted him to come forth. In other words, God had perfect timing in his head about the fought by his son on earth. Now watch this. If God love us, God know us, God got the perfect timing for your life. God already got your life mapped out. Just sit back and chill and wait on the Lord. <laughs> I get amen by myself. <laughs> all right, let's look at something in uh, Genesis, the second chapter, verse two and three. That's first of all, before we can understand how to balance life, we need to see how God balanced life. How did God handle life on earth? Watch this, Genesis 2, uh, verse 2 through 3, what it says. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, you have to get this, in, get this verse in your spirit. The Bible says, on the seventh day, God rested. Now, when you read this word rest, it doesn't mean he was fatigued. He was tired. It means he rested from his accomplishments. See, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to rest from our accomplishments, not be rest, restless because of not getting things accomplished. Oh, let me say that again. I think you missed that. God wants us to rest in our accomplishments. He don't want us restless because the accomplishments has not come to pass. What do you mean? Watch this. Watch this. God says, I want you to learn to rest in your spirit, even though the outside of you is out of whack, is, out, is messed up, is, out, is going every different direction. I don't want your spirit man to go along with what's going on the outside of you. Watch what he says. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's on the outside of you. So God is saying, I want you to learn how to rest on the inside, the word of God that's on the inside of you, and quit allowing the outside world to distract you. The world is trying to divide you. It's trying to get your mind so upset that you cannot be focused on what God say. You know what Matthew, the fourth chapter says, God was tempted by the devil in so many different ways, but God use the word on the devil. The devil said this, but Jesus said it's written. The devil said this, but Jesus said it's written. Watch this. Jesus was already troubled because he was hungry. And the devil tried to magnify that hunger. The devil tried to magnify the problem. You this? 
You're already going through something and the devil trying to magnify it and make it worse than what it is. But Jesus said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone. Now, you got to learn how to preach to yourself because not you're going to let the devil keep talking to you. You're going to have to learn how to minister to yourself. The Bible says in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, David encouraged himself. When the last time you learned how to encourage yourself, you know you down, but tell yourself I'm up. You know you weak, but tell yourself you're strong. You know you broke, but tell yourself you're full. Quit allowing your circumstances to out-preach the gospel. Now let's look at something in Genesis, the second chapter, verse two and verse three. Watch what it says again. By the seventh day. God had finished the work he had been doing. By the seventh day. Now check this out. God love order. You got to get this now. God love order. God want things to balance out in your life. If things ain't balancing out, there's something wrong with us. Ain't nothing wrong with God. Something wrong with us if we don't allow things to balance. Quit allowing yourself to be anxious to rush, have a rush spirit. I want it done now. Microwave. No, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. God got you. God owned you. You're washed in the blood. You're saved. You're born again. Quit allowing the world to frustrate you. Quit allowing your circumstances to mess you up. You are already in the hand of God. God got this whole world and God got you. <laughs> Woo! Now check this out. Verse two again. Watch what it says. By the seventh day. By the seventh. Now check this out. By the seventh day. Well, wait a minute now. That sounds like organized. That, that sounds like organization. That sounds like structure. That sounds like weight. That sounds like balance. The seventh day. Why didn't tell us in this verse about day one? It didn't tell us about day three. It didn't tell us about day five. It told us about day seven. So in other words, when you look at chapters one, verse one through uh, about 15, you will see the organization of day one, day two, day three. In the beginning, God created light. Then he created day. Then he created the, the separation of night and day. Then he created the waters. Then he created the, the animals and the, and the mammals in the water. Then he created produce. He created uh, flowers. He created, then watch this, in the sixth day, he created man. He put things in order. God had it first. Wait a minute. He had the order in his head. Somebody going to get this. He had the order in it. He, 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 he knew he was going to create man, but he made sure he created man in the right order. He did not place man in day one. He did not place the light and day in day six. He placed everything in his order. So what you're saying, Pastor, put stuff in order. <sighs> let me let me case somewhere. Let me case somewhere. Then I'm gonna come back to Genesis, all right? Let's look at Psalms 127. Psalms 127, verse 2. God tells us something in Psalms 127, verse 2. Also, Proverbs 11 and 1. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to tell you that myself. You ain't got to turn there. But Psalms 127, verse 2. Watch what it says in verse 2. Read. In vain you rise early uh -huh. and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those who he loves. Check this out. God said you're working too hard in your head. You are trying to make a living too hard in your head. You want too much in your head. 
You're trying to accomplish a whole lot. You're trying to be comfortable in your head. Watch this. I, I, I had my car for 72 months. For 72 months, I had my car. I loved it on, on month number one. I enjoyed it month number two. But when I got around to month number uh, 32, uh, and them cardinals kept coming in, I'm like, Lord, I'm tired now. I'm tired of this. I tried to sell my car every year for at least four years. Every year I tried to sell my car. Well, this past Thursday, I paid it off. Amen. I said to God, watch this now. I said to God, thank you for not letting me Because <laughs> I'd be in another debt. See, we're so busy trying to rush out of something and don't know that God trying to bless you in your mess. The very thing you're trying to get out of, God say, I got a plan. I'm going to bless you in this here. But you think if you can get out of it early, you're trying to plan to, you're rushing yourself, you're worrying yourself, you're thinking about it too much. And the scripture says, what in verse two? In vain you rise early. The Bible say it's worthless for you to rise early. Now what it's talking about is in your head. You can't sleep. You can't sleep because you're always thinking about trying to get ahead, what you can do differently. And the Bible say it's vain, it's empty to get up early. Read. And stay up late. You're going to bed at 2 o'clock and waking up at 5. Toiling for food to eat. And all you keep thinking about is how to survive. You keep thinking in your head how you're going to make it and don't know how to enjoy life. You know, I, me and my wife were talking about buying another house and, uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, I said, oh my God, I said, baby, we got to think about our retirement. We done got out of debt now. We, you know, we don't need to look for another house. I'm thinking to myself, but, but I was the one that built her up to, to look for another house. I was the one preaching to her about getting another house until we got out of a little debt. Now I got scared. But baby, I don't think we need to look for a house. Well, you know, we, this is a nice house where we can stay right here. And, uh, you know, and we, don't, we, we got to think about our retirement. See, you are so busy blocking your blessings, thinking about life, and life is so unbalanced. We got to learn how to operate in faith, walk in faith. What do God have in Jeremiah 29, 11? God has a plan. He's thinking about me. He's thinking some great thoughts about me. Why do I keep blocking my blessings with my, first, with my James, the first chapter, double-mindedness? Why do I keep double-minding, undermining what God has said? Oh, come on, Rita, what is that? In vain you rise early. You get up early in the morning. And stay up late. And you're going to bed late. Why? Toiling for food to eat. Because you keep overthinking. You're overthinking. You're thinking too much. How I'm going to survive, especially if you're a single mother, a single woman, how I'm going to make it, how I'm going to do it. I ain't got nobody. He ain't paying child support. How I'm going to make it, how I'm going to make it. God done brought you this far. It, wait a minute, you need to look at your resume. See, the problem is you ain't looking at your own resume. Look at yesterday's resume. If he kept you yesterday, he can keep you again today. Yo, tomorrow is just another blessing coming. Amen. Quit operating in fear and live in the blessed moment. Uh -huh. Watch what it says again. In vain you rise early uh -huh. and stay up late. Yeah. Toiling for food to eat. Uh -huh. For he grants sleep to those he loves. He what? Grants sleep to those he loves. People who love God and trust God and balance in God, God said, I'll give you some good sleep. Mm -hmm. You done change all your pillow, pillow cases, and you still can't get no sleep. Mm -hmm. 
Because you don't trust God. You're too busy trying to replace God with yourself. Get out the way and let God be God. He got this pandemic. This pandemic ain't bothering God. And guess what else? It shouldn't be bothering you. The president ain't bothering God. He shouldn't be bothering you. Racism ain't bothering God. But it's bothering you. You know, I was trying, I was trying to find hate the other day because I kept seeing so much stuff. <laughs> I was looking for hate. I couldn't find it. I was like, hey, where the hate at? And I'm trying to find hate. Because <laughs> I kept looking at so much negativity on Facebook with blacks. You know, people video camera, they, everywhere they go. And so I'm seeing all the blacks and white confrontations. So I was trying to find hate yesterday, especially yesterday. I was looking for hate bad. I couldn't find hate. You know why I couldn't find hate? Because every time I saw something dealing with black and white, I cut it off. I went to another show, cut it off. Then on TV yesterday, I think it was a movie called Just Mercy or something like that. Just Mercy, where uh, Fox played a guy in prison, real life story. It was on 14 stations yesterday. 14 stations. I've already saw it. Why would I want to keep rebuilding up something that's going to frustrate me and aggravate me and make me mad? Why do you think some of us are upset with white people and black people? Because you keep allowing the world to interfere with the power line of the Holy Spirit. God is trying to overflow us with his love, with his forgiveness. And man, I can't even find hate. I've been looking for it. I was on a call with, with, a, with a group of pastors and I told the pastors, I said, guys, I said, we got to be sensitive to how we minister and make sure we minister the word of God because we, we do have Caucasians that watch us. One of the brothers got mad with me. One of the brothers said, I, I hear what you're saying, but white people ain't sensitive to us. I said, wait a minute, you're a reverend. You're a preacher. We're supposed to deliver hope to everybody. And Jesus said, love them that despitefully use you. He said, love them that hate you. He said, do good to them that can't stand you. Why do you need to respond the way they respond? Somebody got to be Jesus on the earth. <sighs> Watch this. Psalms 127 verse 2 says again. In vain you rise early uh -huh. and stay up late. Yeah. Toiling for food to eat. Yeah. For he grants sleep to those he loves. God said he grants sleep to those he loves. Now watch this. I'm going to read this to you. Proverbs uh, 11 and 1. This is powerful. Proverbs 11 and 1 says, false balance God detests. God hate false balance, but a just weight is his delight. Oh, look at that. That's powerful. If you are unbalanced, God don't like that. Proverbs 11 and 1. If you're unbalanced, God detests you being unbalanced. But a weight, in other words, you know how to balance stuff. God said, I love a person that know how to balance now watch this, Proverbs 11 and 4 says this, because see, the things that's got you worried is money. Most of us, money. Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Would I, would I have a retirement? Am I going to be able to buy this? Would I be able to get outside? Would I be able to do this? I want to get a house. I want to get a car. Watch this, Proverbs 11 and 4 says something powerful. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, in the day of judgment, but righteousness deliver from the death. Oh, see, the very thing that you're worried about, guess what? Judgment, it won't deliver from judgment. The very thing that's got you unbalanced, it won't, it can get you in hell. 
So you mean to tell me the way I think can cause me to lose God? Give me Romans the 12th chapter, verse 2. Romans 12 and 2. I got to slow down. I'm about to get happy up in here. I want to kick a few pews over since you ain't in here. <laughs> Romans 12 and 2 says something powerful. Watch what it says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So the world has a pattern. What happened in 1960 is happening in 2020. What happened in 1908, what happened in 1808, what happened in 1700, 1600, 2,000 years ago is still happening today. Read. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not act like yesterday. But be transformed. What? By the renewing of your mind. So this is what God wants. He wants you to transform the way you think. And then he says, the renewing. So if I keep looking at CNN, it's going to take me back to 1960. If I keep listening to USA Today, it's going to take me back to 1950. I've got to know what the words say and renew my mind. God didn't raise me up and birth me into the world to hate somebody. God didn't bring me in here to be racist. God didn't bring me into this world so I can dislike people. He brought me here to love people. Just because people don't want to love me back, I shouldn't respond the way they respond. Call me the N word. Call me the C word. Call me any kind of word. Whatever word you want to call me. As long as I know who I am and whose I am. You've got to be balanced because this world is frustrating the Christians. The world is getting the Christians off balance. And God says in Proverbs 11 and 1, a false balance. God detests. God hates. A false balance. You unbalance. You can't keep yourself still. You can't keep your mind settled. You're off balance. And the Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 1, you better write it down. God detests an unbalanced person. But he loves a person that knows how to carry weight. Mm, that's so good. You got to be weight. You got to be a balanced person. Now, let's get, look at something. Look at something in uh, Genesis 2 and verse 2 again. My God, time flying. I ain't even got no choir. <laughs> By the seventh day, yeah. God had finished the work he had been doing. Uh -huh. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Look at there. The seventh day, God rested. Rested don't mean he was fatigued. He was tired. He was accomplished. In other words, I'm finished. I've done what I had to do. I did what I needed to do. So now I can take my rest because I ain't got to do nothing else because everything is finished. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying tackle one event at a time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 talks about there's a time and a season under the sun. Ecclesiastes says, if you keep on reading, I ain't going to read it, but you keep on reading Ecclesiastes, it talks about what, you know what, I will read that. Go there's to a time for everything. Girl, you on point. Go ahead on now. <laughs> Watch this. This is powerful. Watch this. Read. There's a time for everything. There's a time. Now, you got to get this. You got to get this. What does this mean? Time refers to a general time frame of events. There's a time frame for events. In other words, this may be the day of your time for a certain event. Watch what it says. And a season for every activity under the heavens. Watch this. And season refers to a fixed special occasion. In other words, today is going to be 81 degrees. That's a fixed time. But now, the summer we're in is called season. 
So some of us may be in a time of trouble and some of us may be in a season of trouble. Watch this. Keep reading. There's a time for everything. There's a time. You got to get this. I'm trying not to get out of my chair. There's a time. Whatever you're going through, there's a time for it. Read. And a season for every activity under the heaven. And season means it's going a little longer than normal for you. Read. A time to be born. That's us. You're already born. And a time to die. That's got to happen. Read. A time to plant. Uh-huh. And a time to uproot. Uh-huh. A time to kill. Uh-huh. And a time to heal. Yes. A time to tear down. And a time to build. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now, there's more to this scripture, but I need you to get what it's saying. God is telling us in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verse one, in the world, you're going to have different times and different seasons. You got to know how to handle your time. You got to know how to deal with your season. You are going to have people that's going to be born in your family. And you're going to have people that's going to die in your family. You're going to have people you're going to hug in your family. There's going to be people you're going to have to push away from you. There's going to, the Bible says there's a time and a season for everything. You heard some negative stuff in that season and in that time. You got to learn how to deal with the negative. You got to learn how to handle the good times and the bad times. Paul said, I've learned how to be content. In other words, I've learned how to weigh when I'm broke and I learn how to weigh when I'm rich. In other words, I don't put too much stock when I got a lot and I don't put too much stock when I ain't got nothing. I know how to balance them both. I know how to say, God, I thank you when I got it. And I know how to say, God, I thank you when I ain't got it. Always give God the praise regardless of what you got going on in your life. Show God he's bigger than your problem. Balance yourself in your head. Quit rushing yourself. You're frustrating yourself about life. And God said, I detest that you don't balance yourself. All right, let's look at Matthew the sixth chapter. Let's go over to Matthew the sixth chapter, verse 31. Once again, Everybody deals with worry. Everybody. You're not exempt from worry. We all worry. Even Jesus worried. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went and asked his disciples to pray for him. They fell asleep. He was worried. He went back and talked to his father. Worrying is what we should do like Jesus did. When you worry, you go back to the father. Jesus didn't have another alternative. He went back to his father. He said, can't you pray with me one hour? He went back and talked to his father. Hey, father, I'm worried about this cross. Let Take this cup from me. God never answered him because Jesus knew deep down inside he had to go to the cross. But he was worried. But with his, in his worration, he went back to the father. He did not go to the liquor house. He did not go to a prostitute house. He ain't go get him a girlfriend. He ain't go get no smoke. He ain't go get no drink. He ain't sit and look at TV. He ain't take no long walks by himself. He went to his father and said to his father, I'm worried. I got some concerns about my life. I got some concerns about what's going on in my life. Hey, Lord, can you help me? That's what God wants us to do is to mimic Jesus. Get like Jesus. 
you're going to have some worries. What do worries, what is worry trying to do? Worry is trying to divide us. Worry is trying to call us to be distracted. And it's trying to carry us in different directions at the same time. You can't go left and right at the same time. I, I, was, I was following the car yesterday. He was, in, he was in between the turning lane and going straight. I'm trying to go straight because I know where I'm going. I know I'm going straight. I ain't got no reason to turn left. But the car in front of me, he was confused. He was in the turn lane and the fast lane. And I'm sitting behind him saying, bruh, make up your mind. Is you going to turn left or you going to keep straight? Make up your mind. So what he did was he started going straight. And at the last second, he turned left. I say, you know what? That's how some people are. Some people going straight, following God. And then as soon as they, uh, that problem starts screaming, they turn left at the last second. Make up your mind that God is in control of your life. Make up your mind. God, see, we, we love to say God is in control when everything going good. It's when things start breaking all kinds of scales. That problem get weighty. And now we say, where is God? All right, watch this. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31 says something powerful. Watch what it says. So do not worry, say. What it say? So do not worry. What did the Bible say? So do not worry. Say it again. So do not worry. The Bible said to us, do not worry. What are you saying? Do not be distracted. Do not go different directions at the same time. Quit allowing yourself to be turmoil. Read it again. So do not worry. Yes. Saying, what shall we eat? Oh, Lord, how am I eat tomorrow? Or what shall we drink? Yeah. Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. What did the Bible say? For the pagans run after all these things. The very thing you worrying about, unsaved folks are worried about that. Unsaved folks are chasing a dollar. Unsaved folks are worried. You know what this pandemic is doing to a lot of party pe uh, people? They upset. They can't party. They can't jam like they want to. You know what? A lot of these people with money in Hollywood, they like to wear glamour clothes and, you know, and, and, and Jordash and whoever, you know, $200,000 earrings. They can't do that right now. They can't go nowhere. They can't do nothing. They miserable. Now you got to be stuck at home with nobody applauding you. And some people love to be stroke. Some people egos love to be stroke. And God got everybody sitting still. And some people forcing themselves to go out and prove God he wrong. And guess what we hear? Pandemic going up. And the Christians, guess what? Our praise going up. Read. For the pagans run after all these things. Unsaved folks are running after stuff that we want to. Read. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Say it again. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Watch this. You got to underline this. God already know you need this. So that tells me as Christians, you're going to be hungry some days. This tells me as a Christian, you're going to get sick some days. As a Christian, you're going to have some financial problems. As a Christian, you're going to have some health problems. As a Christian, you're going to have a relationship problem. The Bible says God already know you have need of these things. Go to Matthew 6 and 8. Look at Matthew 6 and 8. We're going to come right back to verse 31 again. Matthew 6 and 8 says what? Do not be like them. Don't be like the world. For your father knows what you need before you, you ask him. You need to know what your father knows. Yeah. Your problems keep making you think God don't know. God don't understand. The Bible just says something powerful. Matthew 6 and 8, read it again. Do not be like them. Yes. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. God 
already know what I have need before I say it. Then he tells me in verse 9, what? This then is how you should pray. Wait a minute. I, 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 Father, I need you to help me with some money. Help me with my children. Help me with my health. There's nothing wrong with praying that, but you should not be stuck on praying about your problems. You know, I got frustrated listening to a lot of the saints praying, you know, Father, we buying this COVID-19 every day. We had COVID-19 for three and a half months. Every day, we buying COVID-19, the saints. We buying COVID-19. We cast it to the sea of forgetfulness. We bind the spirit of racism. And many people are missing the mark. You're binding what God is allowing. God is doing something. And you are so busy trying to be free like the world. You want to get back to normal like the world and you're missing the spirit of God moving. Moses, yes, Lord, tell my children to take the blood and put it over the doorpost because the same death angel is coming through everybody's neighborhood. The believer and the unbeliever, the deaf angel going to look, and when he see the blood, he going to pass by. Do God see the blood with COVID-19 passing by? Woo! Read, reader. This then is how you should pray. Yes. Our Father in heaven, uh -huh. hallowed be your name. Yeah. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What you say? For if you forgive other people. If you forgive people who did you wrong. When they sin against you. When they hurt you. Your heavenly father will also forgive you. Matthew 6 and 8 says, God already know you have a financial need. He already know you have a need in your body. He already know you need healing in your relationships. He already know. But now go over to Matthew 6, 31. Watch what he says about what you know and he know. So do not worry. Now, wait a minute now. God know you got a problem. But look what he tell you about your problem. So do not worry. God know your life is unbalanced and you've been mistreated. But look what he says to you. So do not worry. He ain't talking to your finances. He ain't talking to your health. He ain't talking to people that's doing you wrong. He's talking to you how you respond. What do you say again? So do not worry. Don't become unbalanced. Read. Saying, what shall we eat? I don't know what I'm going to do. Or what shall we drink? I'm going to make it. Or what shall we wear? I ain't got nothing. For the pagans run after all these things. Unsaved folks are running after the things we have need of. God says you do need to eat. You do need a place to lay your head. You do need money. You do need health. But you ain't got it right now but don't become unbalanced because you know your father know. You know God know. This ain't blinding God. He don't know. He know everything is blinding us. It's trying to, but because you're hearing this word right now, you become enlightened. You realize, wait a minute. I gave too much credit to my problem. What is success? 
For the pagans run after all these things. Yes. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And God says, I know you have a need. But what does he say? But seek first. What you say? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Look what he says. Look at this. He says, I know you have financial problems. I know you have health problems. I know you have relationship problems. He say, but wait a minute. But down here is your worship. Down here, because all your problems kept elevating, 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 elevating. But then God say, wait a minute, you too high on your problems. Now, but, go back to but, reader. Go back to but, reader. But seek first. Look at him. He say, now bring your worship back up. Balance yourself. You, you, you too far down. Balance yourself. Bring praise back up. Read. But seek first his kingdom uh -huh. and his righteousness, uh -huh. and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. Look what he tells you. Look what he tells us. You got a letter telling you about something going to get cut off next week. And the Bible just said, let next week take care of next week. Quit letting next week bother you today. He just said, next week will handle itself. There's sufficient evil today. Here I am worrying about Tuesday, going to an MRI machine. I'm worrying about Tuesday, and I can't even live in Thursday. Friday, I don't even know what happened Yes, on Friday because I'm too busy living in Tuesday. Saturday, I don't even know what happened on yesterday because my mind all the way in Tuesday. You see what I'm saying? Quit, a letting your, quit allowing your problems to make you live in the 25th hour. God only gave you 24. Enjoy right now. Enjoy your moment. You know, man, my brain, oh my God, my brain is saturated with so much evil. I did say that. My brain saturated with so much negativity. I'm always thinking negative. Every time a cop stopped me, I don't had about 200,000 cops stop me. Up here. <laughs> My wife done cheated on me 1,500 times. My children have stole all my money. It's some powder waiting around the corner ready to jump on me. Snake in my garage. Snake all by, all, I got everything negative in my, in my head. Why? Because the little G God, he keep putting it in there and I keep grabbing it. I'm grabbing negativity. That's why some of y'all can't let go of yesterday pain. Why do you keep bringing up yesterday pain? It was yesterday. It was last month. It was last year. It was 20 years ago. Why do you keep interfering with your relationship today talking about what happened yesterday? Can't you move forward? If you couldn't move forward, you should have left a long time ago. You should have gave up a long time ago. You done came too far now. You done invested too much now to go into bankruptcy. Quit bankrupting, bankrupting your relationship talking about yesterday. If you're going to keep talking about yesterday, we don't need to be together. I don't know. That's for somebody. Somebody watching. Watch what Matthew 6.31 says again. So do not worry saying, uh -huh. what shall we eat? Yeah. Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Yeah. For the pagans run after all these things. The unsaved world is running after things that you want. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. You need to underline that. My father knows I need health. My father knows I need finances. My father knows 
I need my husband or my wife or my children. My father knows I need a job. You got to underline that in your spirit. My father already know I have a need. But what does it say? But seek first his kingdom. He says, but before you start allowing your needs to talk to you, go after God. Not talking about COVID-19 every five seconds, but go after God, telling him how great he is, how awesome he is. See, saints, saints are the biggest uh, uh, pimps in the world. Christians, we're the biggest pimps in the world. We know how to go after God and get, try to get him to move on everything we want. Move. In the name of Jesus, I pull down every stronghold. One writer says, Daniel, we heard you on day one, but we couldn't get here until three weeks later because there was a fight going on. There was a war going on, but you should have known on day one that God heard you. Even though it took us three weeks to get you your blessing, you should have known I heard you on day one. When you know God done heard you, quit crying. But pastor is still here. Quit crying. Do you know your father heard you? Do you know your God know you? That's what got Job in trouble. Job running his mouth. In Job 1 and 2, God had a good, God gave him a good report. God told the devil, you know that's my servant. That's my boy. He ain't going nowhere. He loved me. And the devil said, yeah, he loved you because you gave him stuff and protection. Take it away and see whether he'll slap you in your face. God said, go right ahead because I know my boy. Do God know you? Do God know that if you lose everything, you ain't going to lose him? If nothing work out in your favor, if we don't never come back to church, will you always be in church? What if God let this COVID last for years? Will you stay in Jesus? God know my needs. What does it say? But seek first his kingdom. Seek First, after God. And what happened? And his righteousness. And go after his holiness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Now, look what he just said. You got to bank on this. The things that you don't have, he said you're going to get it. The things that you need, he just said you're going to get it. Somebody ought to get happy. The things that you say you need right now, God just said, it don't matter. You're going to get it. As long as you go after him and his word and his righteousness, you're going to get it. Excuse me for a second. I I got two seconds in me. Wow! Had to wake somebody up. Now watch this. Go, watch this. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 through 10. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 through 10. I'm going to show you something powerful. Watch what it says in 1 Peter 5 and 7 through 10. Read. Cast all your anxiety on him. What would you say? Cast all your anxiety on him. This is what God said. He said, here's your financial problem. Here's your health problem. Here's your children problem. Here's your relationship problem. Here's all your problems right here. He said, now cast it. This is what we do. Here, Lord, take it away. Come get it, Jesus. Jesus said, you went through the motion, but you didn't release it. You went through the motion, but you you keep holding on to it. Your mind won't let it go. Let it go out your mind. You know God got it? Show God. The Bible says prove him. Read, Rita. 
cast all your anxiety on him uh-huh. because he cares for you. Why? Because he cares for you. Cast all my cares, my problems to God. Why? Because he cares for you. Balance yourself. Come on, cool hand Luke. <laughs> chill. Tell yourself, chill, chill. Now, I ain't say go get no chill. I said, chill. Chill. Relax. It's okay. God got it. God in control. What else, Rita? Cast all your anxiety on him. Yeah. Because he cares for you. Read. Be alert and of sober mind. What you say? Be alert and of sober mind. Look what he deals with. He tells you to pay attention to the way you think. The devil is trying to bring division in your head. He's pr- trying to bring su- a distraction in your head. He's trying to bring two-way street in your head, and you can only go one way. He says, pay attention to your mind. Be sober in your mind. Quit allowing your mind to go where the world go. We want to go where the word go. Quit allowing the world to take you somewhere. Go where the word take you. Read. Be alert and of sober mind. Yes. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Doing what? Looking for someone to devour. Look at that. He's trying to make you worry. So anytime you start worrying and you're not worshiping, you tell yourself, this came from the devil. And you start rebuking it. Lay hands on yourself. Rebuke yourself the way you think. Tell yourself, this ain't come from God. God didn't give me the spirit of fear. God didn't give me the spirit of doubt. This came from the devil. I'm going to rebuke the devil. I'm going to let the devil know. I'm not standing for this. I'm not going to let my children make me worry. I'm giving them to God. They came from God. Watch this. Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38. I'm going to let you go home. (laughs) I'm going to let you go home. Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38. This is powerful. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Martha invited the Prince of Peace into her house. Watch this. Martha invited the Prince of Peace into her home, into her mind, into her heart, but she didn't stay trusting. She didn't continue trusting. Watch what happened. She had a sister called Mary. Don't let somebody on the outside believe God more than you. Read. Who sat at the Lord's feet, Uh listening to what he said. What she did? Listening to, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Martha had a sister, Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet. Jesus was a guest. But Martha's sister realized he have what I need. Because anytime back in the Eastern time, whenever a guest come to your house, you had to clean the guest's feet because they had on sandals that were walking around in dirt. You clean the guest's feet and you prepare a meal for the guest. You're supposed to prepare a meal because you're the host. But watch this. Mary had enough sense to realize I'm the host, but you're the one that's got a meal. Somebody going to get it. Jesus, traditionally, I'm supposed to feed you. But because you are the bread of life, you are the word of God, I'm going to sit at your feet so you can feed the host. What are you saying? God don't always operate in the norm. You got to learn how to see how God is moving in a situation that don't make sense. 
Read. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, uh-huh. he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Uh-huh. She had a sister called Mary. Who Martha sat, had a sister named Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. The Bible says Mary sat at the feet to be taught. And what happened? But Martha was distracted. What you say? But Martha was distracted. That's part of the Greek word of unos, which means that she was worried. She was too busy being worried about cooking some chicken. <laughs> Martha was in the kitchen worrying about getting the food done in time to feed the bread of life. You so busy baking bread, but you ain't sitting at the feet of the bread. Watch what it says, Rita. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha was distracted by what the Bible said. By all the preparations she had that had to be made. Oh, I got to get the salt. I need some flour. I need some vinegar. Oh, my God, I need a frying pan. I need the oil. Oh, my God, I got to go to get the salt and pepper. I got to get the chicken. Is the chicken cut up right? Oh, my God, it's not the frost fast enough. All the things she was distracted about was to prepare a meal for Jesus. She was distracted trying to preach for Jesus. She was distracted trying to sing for Jesus. She was distracted trying to do ministry, but not operating in the spirit. Now watch what happened. She came to him. She stopped cooking. And asked, and asked. Now she hot. Martha, Martha hot now. <laughs> Martha boiling. Martha went, now instead of her fussing at Mary, she went to the bread of life. Instead of her fussing at her sister, she went to the one that she invited. You the host. You, in, you ought to know you ought to be balanced in your life. You invited Jesus in, the Prince of Peace. Let him give you peace. Read. She came to him and asked. What she said? Lord, uh-huh. don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? She is so upset that now she blames Jesus for not having help in the kitchen. The guests, she blamed the guests. That sounds just like us, don't it? When you ain't got no money, where the Lord at? When your wife or husband cheat on you, oh my God, where was Jesus at? You always want to blame the guests. Why are you blaming the guests for what you're going through? He said, I know you have a problem. I know you have a need. Trust me, I got you. As long as you stay holy and quit blaming and quit going having revenge and quit having a nasty attitude, I got you. I'm going to give you what you need, but I need to see, do you know how to handle yourself? Watch what you say, Rita. Tell her to help me. Martha goes and tells Jesus, tell Mary, the guest, telling Jesus, the guest, tell my sister to help me in the kitchen. I'm up here trying to fix you some dinner. <laughs> you up here thinking you're doing Jesus a favor? Oh, that's good. That's so good. You, 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 you got to get this in your spirit. Whatever you do to the Lord and for the Lord, he gave you the power to do it for him. What, if you give him a praise offering, he breathed on you and said, give me a praise offering because it was his praise that you gave him. His offering, it was his money that you gave him. You ain't doing him no favors when you give 10% or a sacrificial offering. That's his money. I gave my tithes, Reverend. 
And your point is, sluggard, be careful when you think you're doing God a favor. He gave you the ability to do something for him. He gave you the ability to get money. He gave you the ability to stay married. He gave you the ability to have children. He gave you the ability to have good health. Why think you're doing him a favor? Watch what it says. Martha, Martha. Look what Jesus did. He called her name twice. So next time you see somebody that's bugging and acting like they're all over the place, and they're going to say, what you doing that for? I'm calling your name twice. <laughs> that's how Jesus did Martha. What did he say, Rita? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Martha, Martha tells Jesus, trying to blame him. And the underlying condition was you. You trying to blame the master because you got failures in your life. And the problem wasn't Jesus. It was yours all alone. Don't get mad. Don't make, no, 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 no. Don't get mad because you ain't got no money. You know you were blowing your money. You know you got student loan. Why you go get a, a $200,000 $200, student loan and you know you ain't going to go get a job to try to pay the loan back? Why'd you go get all that education and you won't even work in the education field? You're going to go get a loan for $50,000 and you don't even pay it back? Why would you even try to go and do stuff in life that you don't, you know, I, I just want to get married. I want to get married. And you know you don't care nothing about being married. You just like the idea of somebody watching you, looking at you. Why are you asking people to marry you and you know you're not sincere about being married? You just want some free sex. Or legal sex. Do you know that if you marry somebody to get sex just because you want to have sex with them and you marry them, that that's still sin? Well, wait a minute, Reverend. Wait a minute, Reverend. The Bible says, oh, now you know the Bible. The bed is undefiled for those who are holy. But you married somebody for the wrong reason because you know they were going to marry you to give you no sex before marriage. So you wanted sex. So you say, I'm going to marry you so I can get some sex. And knowing that you weren't going to stay married. Ah, preach, Reverend. Read, Rita. Martha, Martha. Jesus says to Martha, what? Martha, Martha. Read. The Lord answered. Uh -huh. You are worried and upset about many things. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You try to blame me because Mary is eating the word and won't help you with that fried chicken. Well, she's supposed to cut the potatoes for the potato salad. Well, well I'm cutting the word so she can grow. And you worrying about some freaking potato salad? You worrying about some collard greens? Some of you men sitting up here mad because you ain't got nothing for Father's Day. You got breath. Tell God, thank you. Thank you. Well, I was looking for some flowers. I woke up this morning looking for some flowers. <laughs> My wife every year bring by me something for Father's Day. I was looking for flowers, for card. I ain't getting nothing. I got dressed and had the, good, good, had the best attitude. I said, man, ain't nobody stuff. I'm glad. You know why she ain't buy me nothing? Because I told her. I said, baby, don't be spending all that money. Because I ain't buy her nothing for Mother's Day. I said, don't be spending all that money. I said, you want to see some flowers? Come on, we'll go to Kroger and look at some flowers. But they're going to die after a while anyway. I'm, I'm going to tell you with my mouth how I feel about you. I ain't got to put it on, on Halls. Tell, Halls got to tell you what I say. I'll tell you. Who is Halls? I'm, I'm Ellis. My wife sent me a, a sweet post this morning. She said, you're a wonderful father, and I love you. I said, girl, I love you too. All because nobody can get you no Father's Day. Uh, where my card? I thought I was going to get a watch. 
better watch out that attitude. That's what you better watch. Oh, you got me hot around here sweating. What does it say, Rita? Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Look what Jesus said. Martha, Mary not helping you in the kitchen is not your issue. That's the only thing you want to talk about is Mary not helping you. But your problem, your deep problem, is a whole bunch of stuff. You got too much going on in your head, and you don't know how to put that puzzle together. I was looking at the movie, uh, The Accountant, and uh, that was a good movie. And uh, the young man put the puzzle together. He was a little boy that had uh, mental challenges, and he put the puzzle together, and only one puzzle was missing. One piece, one piece of the puzzle was missing, and it was on the floor, and he went crazy all because he couldn't find that one piece. He was going crazy, and he started going, making noise and hollering, and another girl that was challenged, she looked up under the table and found that one piece and gave it to him, and he calmed down. He relaxed. What is God trying to tell us? He says, even if you find pieces missing, relax. I got what you need. Quit allowing your brain to be all over the place because you're missing some pieces. God say, I got the piece right here. And Job crying, hollering, and complaining. And God had to let Job know in chapter 37 through 39, shut up. I got you. I know the devil took your health. I know the devil killed your children. I know the devil took your wife. I know the devil took your money. Shut up. I got too much invested in you for you to keep crying. And the Bible says in chapter 42, Job said, oops, I done talked too much. Let me give God the glory. And God went over there and talked to them people that were talking behind his back, get Job some money. Go, go get Job some money. And speaking of give some money, my cash app is at the bottom. Give me some too. <laughs> so Martha was crying, complaining, and Jesus said to Martha, you are troubled about many things. Calm down. Mary not helping you with the chicken is not your issue. Your issue is you won't sit at my feet and listen. You won't hear the word. You won't take time out to listen to the word of God and let it minister to you. You're too busy letting the world minister to you. And the world going to make you start talking like them. That Trump, he ain't no good. He racist. Oh, I can't stand that right man. See, you're going to start talking like the world. When God told you to pray for Trump, God told you to pray for the leaders of the world so that we can live a peaceable and quiet life. Pray for people. Quit getting revenge. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I believe that, Jesus, you died on the cross for all my sins. It's not your will for me to be unbalanced, but, God, I'm going to put things in perspective. I'm going to make sure I put things in perspective so that you can get the glory. I don't want to make you upset with me having an unbalanced mind. I want you to say, well done with the way I put things in order. I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you honor. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you six things. I want to give you six things before we go. Six things, uh, six tips for living a balanced life. This is six tips to living a balanced life. Number one, take care and nurture yourself. 
Learn to take care of yourself. Tell things and everybody sometimes, time out. I got to take care of me. I got to do something for me. Do something for yourself. Tip number one, nurture you first. Tip number two, know what your priorities are. Quit allowing everything to be scattered in your head. Take care of one thing at a time. You know, let me give you an example. I had to, uh, this week, I had to minister Wednesday night, and then I had to do a baby christening and minister a little bit Saturday morning. Then I had to turn around and get ready for Sunday today. And normally, when we had people here, I had to get ready for 9 o'clock and 11.30. So watch this. On Monday and Tuesday, I'm worried about Sunday. I'm trying to put together Sunday's message on Monday and Tuesday. But then God had to remind me, a balanced life is you need to take care of Wednesday. Why are you already over there on Sunday and you ain't even studied for Wednesday? Take care of Wednesday. Okay, all right, I got Wednesday down now. I got Wednesday down. Let me get ready for Sunday. No, wait a minute. You got a baby christening on Saturday. Well, I ain't going to last about 15 minutes. That's okay. But you still got a baby christening on, Sunday, on Saturday. Take care of that next. See, see, put things in order. Why are you trying to do Sunday message on Tuesday? Why are you trying to do Saturday message on, on, on you know, the, the day before? Put things in priority perspective. Number three, number three, create an efficient mindset. Create an efficient mindset. In other words, be on point. Be on point on what you're going to do in life. Quit allowing everybody to try to get you off track. Be efficient in the way you think. All right, number four. Be organized and plan ahead. That's what I was talking about earlier. Be organized and plan ahead. All right? I'm thinking about buying a new house, me and my wife. And so we say, okay, we're going to take our time, two years, because what happened is, you know, my mind is all over the place. I'm trying to, Southeast Raleigh, Northeast Raleigh, uh, Cary. I'm all over the place trying to figure out where I want to live. Well, I'm going to take my time and look at each one at a time to see where I want to stay. Quit trying to rush my mind with every, all four corners of the earth. Organize and plan. Number five, expect the unexpected. What do you mean? I just told you I paid my car off. Oh, I'm feeling on cloud nine. That's a great feeling. But guess what I'm doing? I'm expecting and saving my money just in case the engine blow. Transmission blow. What are you saying? Expect. The unexpected, things always pop up, so you always want to plan. And number six, maintain a positive mental attitude. Quit being negative because things pop up. Maintain a positive attitude. Everything don't require for you to be angry about. Everything don't require for you to respond. Some stuff you ought to just say, well, to God be the glory. God, you got it. Now, some stuff you can fight. You know you can fight. But God won't get the glory if you fight on everything. Some stuff you got to pull back and let God be God. I pray that you are blessed today. I pray that you have a, a, something was taught to you today about having a balanced life. I pray that you support the ministry at the bottom of the screen or at the end of this message that you will see how you can be a blessing in your giving. And once again, wish every father a happy Father's Day. Those of you who are watching, you want to come up and be a blessing and just come up and, 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 and just view us and see us between 10 and 12, come on up and, and let's, let's, let's see each other. Some of y'all ain't seen in three and a half months, and some of y'all I ain't going to see ever again.
because you you gone. <laughs> you you behind the TV now. So you're like, man, I ain't going to church no more. I I'm glad this pandemic is here. But some of us, we're still faithful. And I want you to continue to be faithful in your giving. Continue to be faithful. Every Saturday morning, I want to say this, every Saturday morning around 9 o'clock, maybe a little earlier, I want every man, every woman, come on up here to the church and let's go walking, exercise, put your mask on, and let's go walking. Don't let the devil make you uh, put, put them doubts in your head tomorrow. I ain't going to get that pandemic. We don't go to the store no more. Don't go to the grocery store no more since you're going to be that way. Don't you ever come out the house ever again. Don't let the enemy do that to you. This is holy ground. And so we're not talking about coming into the church, having church, but we're just talking about walking around, exercising. And I exercised. My wife told me, she said, you're losing weight. I said, what you trying to say? I was fat. See how you take things the wrong way? People try to give you a compliment and you blowing it the wrong way. And she said, no, you're losing the weight. I like your stomach. Oh, girl, going on now? I'm like, yeah. So now guess what it did? She encouraged me to eat even the more to keep eating right. I haven't had sweets in 40-some days. No fried food in 40-some days. Now, in two weeks, that's going to change, but right now, I'm, I'm enjoying my health. I'm going to make sure I, I get back on that regimen, taking care of my health. I'm eating almonds. I can't stand almonds, but I'm eating them because it's the best thing for my body, for cholesterol. So take care of your health. We want to exercise, walk around the church every Saturday, men and women. Come on up here around 9 o'clock, 8.30. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Juliet and Miss Karen and Michelle, Miss Karen's sister, I mean daughter, I'm sorry, and Juliet. Juliet, bring her boys up here. And, and her in the stroller. She got one baby in the stroller, and she was running up and down that hill, pushing that stroller, running up and down that hill. I said, man, that's dedication. And so I want you guys to come on out, exercise, and, and today, if you want to, come on by the church from between 10 and 12, and let's see your face, and let's just wave at each other and wear your mask. All right? God bless you. Love you. See you soon.